Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. And that's why our churches are not strong. Psalms 82 said, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He said he stands among the gods. The gods. That's the church that God's talking about. They are spiritual people. And they're so spiritual, they're not governed by external. And they have a fruit of all of these. Fruit. Somebody shout fruit. Fruit means product. It means produce. It means it is the external expression of an inward relationship. An inward relationship. So see, you don't even know if you have the fruit of joy until hell comes knocking on your door. You don't know. You don't know. So be careful when you stand up and testify about all the joy you got because something great big just happened to you. No real joy can't be testified about, amen, until you, like Job, say, naked I came in, naked I'll go out. Wow. Do you really have the fruit of the Spirit? I don't see many Christians nowadays that I would put in the category as long-suffering. It's amazing how short-tempered we are. I'm getting sidetracked, but I I just need a reality check here, how short-tempered we are. And what's really amazing to me is how we can be so long-suffering with people outside our house and short-tempered with the people closest to us. And then just speak in tongues. Are you sure you have long suffering? Because long suffering can't be manifested until you have suffered long. That is so real. I'm just trying to get to the root of why our theology is not working, that we're supposed to have power over demons. Because first, I got to rule this kingdom. I got to learn to take dominion over this kingdom, that kingdom, my heart, my mind, my body, my soul. And then when it is completely and totally dominated, I'm going to try to prove to you, you can't go and take another kingdom until this kingdom is dominated and fully developed. He said, I'm going, to give you the, I'm going to give you the land, Joshua, little by little. In other words, I'm only going to give you this portion, and when you fully develop it so that the wild beasts can't come in, I'm going to expand your kingdom. We have not fully developed the kingdom of the five senses. Therefore, the church cannot step into what we were predestined to step into, which was begin to tear down strongholds. Change regions. Oh, that scripture you sent me. Man, you need to get that ready. I'm going to get you to read that. Uh, Simply because we haven't fully developed this region, but we want to move on. Let's overlook my inability to love. Let's overlook that I don't really have any peace and like everything's going fine. Let's overlook that you push my buttons the wrong way and I'm going to get short-tempered on you. Man, y'all were way more vocal last week. So, I can't, so, 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 how do I, I present this? Deliverance equals holiness. Holiness equals possession. We're not possessing what's ours, 
because we're not letting deliverance work in our life. Okay, let's make that real. You'll never know you need to be delivered until the fire comes. 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, whatever I preach Sunday, is the fire reveals your work of what sort it is. Because as long as there's no fire, my work of joy looks great. But let fire come. Let opposition come. Amen. Let, let my wife go to talking junk I don't want to hear. Let my husband start talking junk I don't want to hear. All of a sudden, fire starts coming up. Well, when it comes up, it comes up for a reason. The fire is bringing your real attitude up. Okay, go with me now. Your real, your real disposition comes up because the fire reveals it. It reveals it. Okay, you got a decision to make. Deliverance is on this mountain. Oh my God, this is where the rubber hits the road right here. Deliverance is there. But there can be no deliverance without uh uh, admission and confession. Oh my God, I didn't know I had such a temper. I, 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 I didn't know. I don't know if y'all can see my hand. You see that big old knot on my hand right there? There's a big old scar right there that you can't see right there. I was a preacher of the gospel. I didn't think I had an anger problem. Really, I never was a little temper tantrum guy. I never. It took a lot to make me mad. Uh, I didn't know I had anger in me. Well, me and my wife got into it one day. And it got escalated. And the fire kept burning hotter and hotter. And, and then anger rose up in me. And I smacked her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all laugh. Y'all laugh because you knew I didn't hit her. Because <laughs> I'm still married and I'm still alive. <laughs> but this came up in me that I did not know that was in me. Are you listening to me? And before I knew it, I turned and punched something that shattered my hand. Before I went to the doctor, before I did anything, you can ask my wife, I ran to an altar. I ran to my couch, buried my head in the couch, and began to repent for an anger that just controlled me. The problem is we getting angry and there that was my deliverance. Has it ever happened again? I'm telling you it ain't never happened again. Uh, it takes a lot to get me mad. Matter of fact, I, I suppose by the grace of God, you can't get me uncontrollably mad no more. You can't get me there. You might can make me angry, but it'll never be, on, be outside the Holy Spirit of God. Are you following me? I'm just trying to make a point. But I could have went with the flow. I could have went to the doctor. I could have and left that thing in me. But the, when it come to the surface, I had to repent. And when I repented, I was delivered. And I went to another degree of holiness. Some of us are fighting the same battles year, year after year after year because it gets thrown up in your face and you either fight or you do the cuss fit or you do whatever it is. I, I don't want to put it all in one box, amen, because you didn't stop right then and say, oh my God, that's an area of my flesh that's not under control. Father, if you'll forgive me, I'll get so close to you. Is anybody listening to me? This will never happen again. And then deliverance come, which brings with it a level of holiness and then holiness always gets takes possession of my inheritance 
That's why those Christians sitting on pews 20 and 30 years that's never conquered and overcome. And it's a, it's a, it's a life of bondage. It's a life of bondage. And here's the bad thing about it. While we're sitting here in bondage, our kids are being destroyed. Our grandkids are being destroyed. Oh, God, I'm teaching tonight. Are y'all listening to me? Our communities are going to hell, and we're coming to prayer meeting every night. Amen. When the first kingdom is what I'm going to teach you that God gave you the grace to have dominion over was me. That is the greatest level of freedom you will ever experience to have control of me. It doesn't matter if you could control this whole church. You are so strong. Greater is he that can control his own spirit than he that can take a city. Stronger is he that can control my own mind. Look, I'm going to prove that to you. Are you there? Okay, so... You got to get this. Old Mount Zion is going to be delivered. And here's the thing. I told you Sunday, this mountain is a mountain of deliverance. But this mountain is only embraced by those who want to be delivered. This mountain is an enemy to you who wants to hang on to your dysfunction. Why? And this is why people quit church and change as churches. Because if you're ever, ever, ever in a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, if you're on a mountain church, then on this mountain, Hebrews says, it's always shaking. It's shaking to where you, you, you can't get comfortable being an idiot. <laughs> you, 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 you can't, let me use the word foolish. You can't be comfortable being foolish. That word's better because it's, it's foolishness for me to hang on. So I'm going to do one of two things. Oh, my God, this keeps getting brought back up by the Word of God. It keeps brought back up by teaching. I'm convicted of this in the presence of God, and I'm either going to repent of it or I'm going to run from it. So that's why sometimes when you really get a mountain church established, you lose people. You lose people. But we, now I'll talk to you about one part of our possession. I so want us to get past the possession of just the fruit of the Spirit because you know what the rest of our possession is? It's everything written in the New Testament for sure. But he said, I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possessions. Meaning, he said, your inheritance is your children, your grandchildren. It's every lost soul in this community is part of our inheritance that God said, I'll give it to you. When you get deliverance and holiness right. Let me prove to you on this first kingdom. For the house of Jacob, 18, shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau for stubble. I, you you got to catch that. That's kind of complicated. The house of Jacob. That mountain is a mountain of fire. It is God. Why is it a mountain of fire? Because God said, I am a consuming fire. I am a consuming fire. That fire, though, is not an enemy to anything that looks like him. It's a friend to the spirit because it purges my spirit. The fire is only an enemy to the flesh. But that's good news because the only enemy I have is my flesh. Right? So really I should be embracing the fire. But look what it says. He said, the house of Joseph will be a flame. Uh, the house of Jacob is going to be a fire, and Esau is going to be what? 
Stubble. You know what that is? That's straw. That's straw. Catch this, what he's trying to tell us. If we would just learn how to abide on the mountain, to abide in the presence, if we would get back to prayer, abiding in the presence of God, praying without ceasing, keeping his presence close to us, all those little tempers you're fighting, they would be like straw. You know what straw does when fire gets close to it? It just swallows it up. And God said, my church is fighting trying to be spiritual because we live so far from the mountain. Because we're not dwelling in that secret place. That's why we built these altars. Because until we get back into that place with God, things automatically that I was having to fight on the lower level, the higher I come up in relationship with God, it's just being burnt off of me. God, can y'all hear me? In other words, there's not a whole lot of effort of gritting my teeth. I want to slap you, Reuben, but I'm not going to do it. Everything within me wants to... That is such the majority of Christian lives nowadays. Amen. And we've called that spiritual discipleship. When God said, no, you're, you're fighting something that's so hard simply because there's no proximity in your life. That if you just hung around me, I would burn that stuff out of your life. And the opposite would be true. You would be thinking, my God, something must have happened in my life. Because used to, I'd have jap slapped you. I need somebody to Google that. Somebody told me it was jack slap. I ain't never been jack slap. It was jap slap in Texas. I'm telling you there's a place that we are going in prayer to where we're going to quit trying to try. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you how big I think this is going to be. Us churches glory in having marriage seminars to try to strengthen your marriage. When we start learning how to live on the mountain, husband and wives, you won't need a marriage seminar. Why? Because the mountain burns out things in our lives that are contrary to the nature of God. And if Jesus is me, how can she not love Jesus? And if I'm full, of, and if she's full of Jesus, how can I not? Are you listening to me? We have so turned this thing to a bunch of programs to, 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 be, uh, uh, to teach you how to behave right against your will. And God said, not on my mountain. All you got to do is get in my presence. And, uh, oh, God, First or Second Corinthians 3.18, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, I'm being transformed into the same image as of the glory of God. And now we're having to teach you shouldn't sin. You can't. Uh, John taught when you live on this mountain, you can't sin. What do we do with that scripture? What do you mean you can't sin? That's not the life I live. The life of your live this does not change the theology of this Bible. The theology ought to change the life we live. Man, I just, this is so, this revelation is coming so strong that I sat and listened to a panel of uh, seven or eight preachers. And, and that night, last night, I, I, I was over under that cross, praying to God I wished I was by myself because I was a mess last night. Amen. Because I heard preachers giving their opinion based on Scripture. I meant experience saying, well, I know what the Bible says, but. 
I said, oh my, I'm talking about predominant book writing. Some of their books is maybe in your library. And I found out right quick that we've, we've, we've taken scripture and said, yeah, we know it says that, but it's been my experience. How many times we hear that out of all these big names? It's been my experience. Uh, who cares about your experience? The problem is we're not living on the mountain of God and we're not hearing what God is saying about the situation. Are y'all listening to me tonight? And we're not judging it according to His will. Therefore, there's failure. So it's a reflection on God. Well, He just don't heal everybody. He just don't save everybody. He don't deliver everybody. No, I just say that we've lived so low on the mountain, we haven't stepped into the realm to experience the reality of Christ. Because if you want to find Scripture, Jesus, the Bible says they brought it to Jesus and He healed them all. Are you following me? Oh my God, I feel like I'm too worked up tonight. Are y'all still with me though? He said, the reason you're not possessing everything that really already belongs, that's what's sad too, Kim, it belongs to us. It's my inheritance. It's my inheritance. But my inheritance is only allocated to me through the uh, via holiness. And holiness is only given to me via deliverance. And deliverance is only given via repentance. So first it's got to come to my mind. I got to see it for what it is. I got to repent of it. Then I get delivered of it. Holiness comes into my life and I start possessing a little more joy. Oh my God, a joy. I just got a joy. Just, just, just got a joy. I remember one time me and my wife got in such a bind. They took our car away from us. They took our house away from us. We had Lacey. She was just a little old bitty thing. We was living in a rat-infested rental house because they just come got ours. And my truck. Me working every day. I ain't never been without a job. But it wasn't paying enough to, to keep up with anything. And I was driving 80 miles one way to get it. And it just got bad. It just got bad. We didn't have nothing, nothing. We didn't have nothing for her. Had a little bit of milk in the icebox, you know. So me and her said, well, we don't know what else to do. Let's go to the church and pray. We went to the church and we went to the mountain. And when we left out of there, we were so happy. God, praise God for that little bit of milk. Ain't God good? Is anybody listening to me? The milk didn't change. The covers didn't change. The job didn't change for a long time. But something so changed inside of us that we had a joy that we could not explain when we didn't have nothing to prop it up. Nothing. Because we went to that mountain. We went to that mountain. We, we, we went to that place. So he said in 18... The house of Esau is going to be stubble and they shall kindle it in them and devour them and there shall be any remaining of the house of Esau for the Lord has spoken. He said, if you'll live in this place of prayer, can I tell you right now, I mean, if you're, if you're not happy, if you don't have peace, if you don't have love, if you don't have joy, if you don't have this long suffering, it's all a reflection of your mountain dwelling. Because you can't stay in the presence of a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. Amen. And a lot of us are worshiping on the wrong mountain. We done taught all of that. The mountain of compromise. And some of us are on the mountain of legalism. I'm not praying because I want to. I'm just praying because I have to. Can I tell you, just stop it. 
Just stop it and get in there and be honest with God and do some confession and he'll deliver you of religion. God, I don't want to pray today. That must be my spirit, man, must be dying. So I need fire to fall on me and burn up some of this flesh so my spirit can get hungry for you again. I mean it. I mean it. But no, we're just going through the religious jargon. I told him the other day, we had one of our worship leaders. He could not break through. Couldn't break through. The whole church felt it. You felt it. It's been a few weeks ago. I mean, you're not so dead you don't know when the song's dead. You know, you could feel it. You could feel it. Amen. But our old mindset, just push on through. God set me down right there that Sunday morning and told me never do it again. Stop this thing. Back up. Regroup. Troubleshoot. Are you following me? We're too proud to do that. We're too proud to come back and say, God, this ain't right. I ain't supposed to have to make myself read my Bible. I shouldn't be making myself to pray. Uh, amen? Because God ain't accepting that prayer anyway. There is a fire burning in the presence of God that all we got to do is stay there long enough for that fire to all of Esau. Esau represents flesh. Okay? He always represents flesh. He becomes stubble and it starts burning things out. Wouldn't this be an awesome gospel if we could get this right to where I'm not fighting these things anymore. I'm just hanging out with God and he's burning them out of my life. He's just burning them out of my life. God Almighty. And he said, there will not be any remaining in the house Esau. And they of the south, look at 19, shall possess the mount of what? 19. Okay, this is the progression. Got about seven minutes left to show you a quick uh, 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 process. The first kingdom that was conquered was Esau. Okay, that's what I want you to see tonight if we don't see anything else. This mountain of fire, which is the presence of God, the first thing it burns up is me. Flesh. We're putting in people in ministry still have addictions. We're putting people in ministry that still haven't even learned to pray. We're putting people in ministry that still have not conquered themselves. Necessity has provoked us to put people in leadership positions that, have, that, that can't govern their own emotions. Write this down for you that was in my class on the soul. The first kingdom you get to possess is your soul. Remember our one scripture we taught on for weeks? In endurance possess ye your... That's the first kingdom. First kingdom. My mind, my will, my emotions, my likes, my dislikes, my soul... He said, the first thing you get to take ownership and capture is your soul. There ain't a more miserable man on the planet, Shelley, than that man who does not have control over his own soul. And there's not a more, I don't care how burly he is. I don't care how strong he is. He may can whoop you and 10 more just like you, but he is a cowardly wimp on the inside if he has no control over his feelings and emotions. That's what scripture says. So through fire, exposure, deliverance, and holiness, I get to start possessing my soul. I get to start. And sometimes, or, or most time, it's in bits and pieces. Right? 
Y'all think that? It's progressive? Wow. I'm getting a little more. Getting a little more joy about me. Getting a little more peace about me. Amen. That ought to be comforting to some of y'all. I didn't say it was just a great big bang, but the more I come up this mountain, Brother McDaniel, Johnny, got it right, didn't I? <laughs> Finally got his name right. <laughs> I start possessing my soul, and it creates a peace that surpasses all understanding. My God, that right there is all some of you need. It'll heal homes. It'll heal marriages. It'll heal relationships with kids. It'll heal relationships on the job because when you walk around, then that fragrance of peace is just coming off of you. And you know what it does? It diffuses. Most people wouldn't act like they act if you didn't act like you act. Most people are just reacting. Just reacting. You know how it is when your spouse has got an attitude and they don't have to say nothing, but you feel it, you get one. God, that's so real. You just get one. You don't know why you got one. You just got one because she's got one. <laughs> My God, that's real. I feel you. And we go to reciprocating, don't we? This happens to us sometimes. I have to rebuke her. I mean, the devil. I have to rebuke the devil. Huh? Amen. But if we would, if we would possess our soul, our peace would start diffusing the situation and disarming principalities and powers. Wow, what if that is what the scripture meant on disarming principalities was simply you possessing your soul, not rebuking. Wow, that's big right there. You ought to get a hold of that. Just simply you possessing your soul, you can bring peace and harmony back. So the first kingdom before we can go on past Edom is I'm staying in the presence of God. I'm staying in the word of God. I'm staying on the right mountain, not the mountain of religious obligation. The right mountain with God. And his presence is burning this stuff out of my life. And what's good is, amen, instead of me spending all this time fighting flesh, I'm just focused and he's burning flesh. Man, that turns Christianity into a love relationship. Amen? A love relationship. So God said I was going to have to back up and get this foundation right before we can move. And in closing, just for your own studies, 19 says, okay, the first thing you're going to conquer and be a judge over, let me say this before I leave the flesh. You will never conquer flesh you will not judge. Quit judging them and start judging you. Because you judge them that you got so mad. You, go, you judge them that you acted outside the character of Christ. You were so busy judging flesh when if you would have judged, oh my God, I cannot believe that, that day. I cannot believe, God, if you'll help me, I'll get so close to you that it will never happen. You turn the judgment on you. 
And when you bring judgment on you, boom, deliverance comes. Oh, God, are y'all getting this stuff tonight? Deliverance comes and another degree of holiness comes in your life. So get this before we go on. Until you get big enough, man enough, humble enough, hungry enough for God that you start judging yourself. Bible says examine yourself. We examine everybody else. He said examine yourself and see if you're even in the faith. He said judge yourself now so you won't be judged later by God. Why? We have his word. We have his Holy Spirit. We have teachers. We have preachers. If we stay on this mountain, his fire, we're bringing Judge yourself. Somebody write that down. Be quick to judge yourself. Be quick to judge yourself. Judge those feelings. There you go. Don't lose it. Don't lose your ability to judge yourself. But you know that takes an humble man. Because when you judge yourself, you're, you're, ta- you're assuming responsibility, right? You're saying, you know what? You're not the reason. I am. If that wasn't in me, you couldn't push me. Listen to me, guys. We're reading a Bible written by men who were tied to whipping posts and beaten beyond recognition. And they left the city rejoicing. You understand what I'm saying? They didn't walk around with their feelings on their shoulders. They prayed prayers like, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. How far removed are we from that Christianity? Let's start judging ourselves. Let's start judging ourselves. Let's start judging every movement. Every, why am I thinking like that? I guarantee you, a lot of you catch this. They're, I'm going to have to leave. But you, you could be delivered of a lot of things if you just start asking, judging why you act like you act. Judge it. God, God, I, you got to help me. Why do I act like I? Why do I respond like that? Why? Why? Hey, God is a faithful father. He'll reveal it to us. And when he does, guess what? We got the greatest, most powerful privilege in the world. It's called repentance. But a proud man who does not realize his dysfunction will never come to a place of repentance. Okay, once we get past that, look at the next phase. The first one in 19 is uh, Esau. You're going to possess Esau. And then it says they shall possess the Philistines. Okay, here is the progressive walk of the kingdom. The first element you ought to be overcoming is us, is you, me and you. He said when you do, you're going to step out and start overcoming Philistines. Philistines means cruel bondage or slavery. He said once you possess you, what the fruit of that is going to be, you're going to break bondage in your life. You're going to break slavery in your life. And Nathan, when we begin to break slavery in our life and bondage, whether it be mindsets or whatever, then we're empowered to break it off other people's lives. That's the ultimate goal. Not just for you to be saved. You were saved to be a savior. But I can't break bondage in somebody's life if I'm living in bondage. So the second move that we're going to, we're going to step into as Life Church is when we conquer and overcome us is we're going to start breaking bondages and slavery in our community. That's big. Bondages, addictions, mindsets, immorality, depravity, hurt. I got to stop right there. Maybe we'll take up some more of that. But I want you all to look at the progression of those scriptures uh, throughout the week in prayer, if you will. 
I got to pray over us right now because right now all I really want us to be focused on as life church is we want, to, we want Esau burn up in our lives. We want the flesh burn up so we can start judging situations properly. Can I pray over us? Father, we just thank you right now for your word. Thank you for your anointing and your unction. Thank you for your, your, your people that are hungry and digging, Lord. And that's our prayer this week. Give us the divine ability to, to begin to judge the Esau in our lives. Help us come to the mountain and let that, that, that flesh begin to be burnt like stubble until we possess our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.